Hey guys, my name is Mavi and I've spent the last 14 years in the plastic surgery and beauty industry, working alongside top board certified plastic surgeons. In that time, I've helped thousands of women in their surgical journey. My passion to educate and help women feel empowered is what led to what we now know as the Big Butts No Lies podcast. Join in on the fun as I talk to plastic surgery experts, friends, and real life patients about all things plastic surgery. Should be fun. Hey guys, do I have the episode for you? On Instagram, I almost get asked daily, what supplies do I need or how do I get ready for my surgery? So this episode is just that. I'm going to walk you through how I like when I'm talking to a patient and I'm coaching a patient through surgery, the questions and the things that I want for them to do and how I like to prepare them is what I'm going to do on this episode for you. I wrote down all my notes. So y'all are going to hear me flipping through my notes here. And what I wanted to do was go through the whole process of like, okay, what supplies do you need? How do you get your house ready? What do you do? It's also about how do you physically prepare your body? And how do you prepare yourself for a recovery from surgery? So it's just me. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot to say. And guess what, y'all? It's just me today. (laughs) It feels weird when it's just me because it feels like I'm talking to myself. But I know on the other side, when when y'all are listening and I get your messages on Instagram, I don't feel like I'm not talking to anybody. Like I know exactly who I'm talking to. I can see your Instagram icon (laughs) or your Instagram picture and I can see who really needs this episode. So one of the main reasons why I started this podcast was because of all of the misinformation that was online. And I was coming across it and just be flabbergasted. Like how, who is saying this stuff? Who is putting this out there? And, you know, as I've maneuvered through the internet and trying to figure out like, where is this information coming from? And what I found in that is that it's a lot of patient to patient information. And That information is not always accurate. You know, what might have worked for her might not work for you. There's a lot of things, nuances. There's, you know, different recoveries, different procedures that are being done. You can't compare your your journey to somebody else's journey. So I want first off, number one, as you prepare for your surgery, you need to not compare yourself to anybody else. Don't compare your recovery. Don't compare your results. Don't say, oh, but I, you know, this girl, she looked just like me and now she looks like way better than me. And there's a lot of contributing factors that you guys don't even see when people are wearing clothes and you think, oh, we look the same underneath our clothes. And that might not be the case. It really might not because you guys have to remember that, for example, one person who weighs 150 pounds but had a massive weight loss, her body is going to be different than a person who's 150 pounds and has like a 25 weight gain. So it's going to be a very different scenario when you, you know, lift up the shirt. What is that abdomen going to look like? So don't compare yourself to anybody. Don't don't compare yourself. That's my number one thing that I want you guys to remember. Don't compare yourself. So as you prepare your home and as you prepare yourself for surgery, I'm going to give you guys a list of like what I think are some must haves and what are some things that are optional 
But, you know, I'm going to go like through each thing and explain why you need it. So must have. So this is, for example, for a liposuction 360 BBL or a tummy tuck with lipo. That's who I'm talking to. This is this supply list or this prepping episode is for tummy tucks and lipo breast augmentation and, you know, breast procedures. I'm going to do a different episode for you guys. But a lot of it is similar, but not the same. Okay. Similar, but not not the same items. Like, for example, the garments are different. Okay. So firstly, you guys are going to need some chuck pads. And those are those blue puppy pads that you see at the store. I personally don't know if the puppy pads have any chemicals in them that can give you a reaction. So I would purchase the medical grade ones. And they're blue you know, these blue lined pads that you can use to line your bed. You can use it to the way I liked to use it because for me, I didn't like the maxi pads over my lipo holes. I liked a chuck pad just wrapped around my torso and just let it, whatever was coming out, it would grab it. And it wasn't, I felt like when I would take my faja off, it wouldn't, I didn't have these like indentions from the maxi pads. So for me, I, I've just always liked to use chuck pads to line the inside of the faja. And I learned that trick actually from a nurse who I worked with that she's been doing it forever. And one of her primary jobs was to help patients get into their fajas right after surgery. So she had learned all these tricks and ways to line the faja from that Tumescent fluid that's going to be leaking out, which you guys might think it's blood, but it's just fluid with color. It's the color of blood, but it's fluid, tumescent. All of that needs to come out. Okay, so I would get that triple antibiotic ointment. So a lot of plastic surgery practices, the nice ones, the reputable ones, they'll send you home with a goodie bag and they send you home with all these supplies. So Whenever I started to get requests for supply lists, I was like, what do you mean? We give you guys the supplies. So then I started looking and looking and looking. I'm like, oh, my God, what is this? Everywhere you look on the Internet, there's a supply list for this procedure and this procedure. And it's overwhelming. If it was overwhelming for me, I can't even imagine how overwhelming it is for you guys. So I know there's practices who want to avoid that for you completely. Like, for example, Dr. Azizi. His practice, when you go home, they send you home with the goodie bag. You don't even need to buy supplies because they've got you. And what we've learned, and Dr. Azizi and I have talked about this, is the simplicity of the post-op care will lead to more compliance. So we don't want to overload you with all of these things and all of these uh, instructions because you're going to forget. And it's better to just keep it simple so you remember and you can do everything and you know be compliant. The triple antibiotic ointment you are going to use on your, if you have any openings where they're open out to the surface, like out your elbows, if you got lipo in your arms, your little holes, you can keep them covered with antibiotic ointment. So and until they close, at least you're not usually putting anything on your tummy tuck. Like I told you guys in a previous episode, a lot of tummy tuck surgeons or the plastic surgeons will use a special glue or tape or steri strip on the tummy tuck incision. So you don't need to put anything on there unless you're having some sort of a, if there's a stitch popping through or if there's a little bit of an opening, then you can, you know, obviously ask your surgeon first. Remember you guys, I'm not a doctor. I'm just telling y'all 
recommendations that helped me. You guys always follow your doctor's orders before you try anything, change anything that they're telling you to do. Always get their approval. This is where it's so important to have an open line of communication with the office. Okay, so your antibacterial soap. This is going to be for showers. Some surgeons tell you to start showering with it like three days before surgery. Some surgeons tell you a week. Some surgeons tell you a day. It depends on your surgeon. So as long as you're prior and after, they'll probably have you wash with antibacterial soap. Antibacterial soap you can get at Walgreens and it's like you can get Hibiclans or you can use Dial antibacterial soap. And you want to wash the area that's going to be done as well as everywhere surrounding. So just for example, if you're doing your your tummy, like wash down into your legs, up out into your hips, like make sure you're really disinfecting and you're trying to kill any bacteria that's on the skin prior to surgery. Another thing I want to remind you guys is if you're having a tummy tuck, don't shave right before. Shave or wax like maybe I would say two weeks before. I wouldn't do anything until after surgery when your doctor releases you. You want your surgeon to be able to see your pubic hairline. Like that needs to be there. Very clear when they're pulling up or down. Lanyard. So the Faha doctor and I have talked about this on a previous episode. Something to hang your drains from. I hope you have drains if you have a tummy tuck because y'all know I'm team drain. You're going to need a shower head or a shower hose, something that you can use to kind of wash off. So that first shower, you're going to want, you're not going to be able to raise your arms if you had anything done with your breasts, like an augmentation or even with the tummy tuck, you're already bent over a little bit. So you're not really going to want to lift your arms. So you're going to need a shower head. And you're going to want something that's going to be easy for you or it's going to be easy for you to take a shower. Remember, you want to that first time you take off your faja and you're going to take a shower. You are going to most likely you could feel lightheaded, feel like a rush, like of all your blood comes down to your feet. You might feel lightheaded. You want to sit down. So always make sure before you take off your faja or before you take a shower to have a chair nearby where you can sit. And that first shower don't be by yourself. Have somebody with you. Have somebody with you for your first shower. Even if you want to be independent and do it on your own, just have them, you know, at arm's reach because the worst thing that you could possibly do is fall in the shower after a tummy tuck. You don't want to do that. So set yourself up for success by preparing the area that you're going to be recovering in for a recovery. And I'm going to go into that a little bit later of how to prepare your home. Okay, so you have your shower head. Next, you're going to need your stage one garment. A lot of surgeons give it to you. You wake up in it or they'll have you buy it and put it on you. Picking your stage one garment, you have to take measurements and you have to find the right garment for the procedures that you're having done. Also for like your personality type, are you more of a side zipper? Are you a front zipper? What, which Do you want to do shorts? Do you want to do down to the knee? It really depends on what surgeries you're having. But I've set up a system for my girls that I coach where I have the rep from the garment company just reach out to them and help them take their measurements and walk them through the process. That way it's kind of, you know, what you're getting is right. And a professional is picking it out for you and they're helping you find the right garment, size, material, shoulder, padding, all of that. 
Anyway, so stage one garment. You are going to need a stage two garment. But to be honest, I wouldn't rush and try to get it in that before surgery. Just wait for everything, you guys. You don't, it's not a rush. You don't want to be rushed. And I keep hearing this and seeing it where people are like so rushed. Oh my God, I have to get, I have to get all these things. I have to do it now. I have, and it's just calm down, take a breath. Let's, you know, let's work through it. What do you really need? Okay. So that stage two garment, you're not even going to be able to put it on till past three weeks. So there's no rush in, you know, getting it before surgery. Just get it after once you're past week two, where a lot of that swelling has started to subside. Then you can start looking at your stage two garments. So remember the stage one garments is softer. The material is more stretchy. And your stage two garment is firmer. The material is more like a power net and it's helping the swelling compress the swelling. I'm not a fan of waist trainers, but a lot of people are. The Faha doctor likes her waist trainer. I've never really been one to wear it. So I don't recommend. I'd rather be in a stage two Faha. Any incision care should be given to you by your doctor. Any incision care instructions should be given to you by your doctor. You want to have your prescriptions already pre-filled, ready. Stool softeners, start taking them as soon as you start taking pain medication because you don't want to wait until you're already constipated to start taking something for constipation. Just beat it. Start taking your stool softeners when you start your pain medication. Sometimes some doctors recommend prior to surgery. I guess ask your surgeon. Okay, something that's super important for your recovery. Arnica. Arnica tea, Arnica cream or balm. So a lot of y'all know that I have my product Bruise Juice. Bruise Juice is a completely clean organic Arnica balm. So you use it during your recovery and it helps you recover faster. It brings more oxygen to the area that you apply it to. So if you apply it to your tummy, to your booty, it'll help you recover faster. For your BBLs, it brings more blood flow to the area. It helps decrease the swelling. It helps decrease the bruising. And I've mentioned to y'all before how important it is to get that bruising out and not let it sit in the skin because it will stain. So a lot of women who you might look at the when you go to the beach or if you're at the pool and you see somebody who you're like, man, it looks like she had some work done, like her tummy or her arms, her inner thighs, arms and inner thighs stain more, I think. Um, You notice something and you're like, what is it? It's probably like the area where she had lipo or where they had lipo is a tiny, tiny bit darker. And it's an uneven or it's not all over the area. And that's sometimes when the bruising stains the skin. So you want to get the bruising out. Bruise Juice, I do have that code for y'all. Bruise Juice 30 gives you a discount. And you only need one for tummy lipo 360. If you have a BBL, you can use it on your lipo BBL and not not put it on your tummy or you can buy two. Okay, let's keep going. BBL pillow. I use the boppy pillow. I did not have any problems with it. I know I've seen online where there's people like, oh my God, if you you, you sit in a boppy pillow, it's going to kill your fat on your hips. And I don't know, y'all seen me on Instagram. I think my hips are pretty okay. My butt's pretty okay. I mean, I haven't lost, I don't think I lost really that much fat at all. So is that a myth debunked? I don't know. That's my personal experience. I used the poppy and I was fine. 
you want to use it when you're going to be sitting on a firm or a hard surface. So in the car, you can use it. You can use it like, for example, when I was using mine, I took it to work because I sat at a desk. My desk chair was very firm. So I would just use my boppy pillow at work. Okay, so now we're going to go into the optional things. Okay, optional. These are the things that it's like, uh, I don't want to make you spend the money if you don't need it. One of those things, and this like it depends from doctor to doctor, a walker. So all of the surgeons that I've worked with before have wanted you to walk and encourage you to walk as soon as you can. Like they're walking, you are walking to the car, you're walking right after surgery. They'll roll you out, of course, but they want you walking right after surgery. You can walk to the restroom, even if it hurts. Okay, maybe not that first, like that first night, but day one, post-op, you're walking to the bathroom. You are being more mobile. You're going to be a little bit bent down. The walker is one of those things that you don't know really if you're going to need it unless you really know if you've had surgery before. For example, if you had a C-section, it really depends on your pain tolerance. How is your pain tolerance? Are you one of those women that right after having surgery or having kids, you know, you're stir crazy and you're up sweeping three days later, which I've met a lot of women like that. Or are you more of the, I have a lower pain tolerance and I feel pain, you know, very strongly and I know I need it. I need help. You know, so there's two different types of people and those people, some of them will need a walker, the ones with the low pain tolerance, and some of them will not. And the ones with the higher pain tolerance are the ones that usually don't. And let me tell y'all that usually the ones that the patients that work out have an easier recovery. We've talked about it many times on the show. If you work out, you're going to have an easier recovery. Okay, so there's the walker up to you depending on your pain tolerance. Ask yourself, get to know yourself a little bit. Am I a baby? Do I need a walker? If you do, get it. If you don't, if you think you're good without it, don't get it. Next, recliner. So I did not realize people were going out and buying recliners to recover from surgery until I left the office and I started doing research for this podcast. When I found out people were literally buying recliners or actually renting them. And then having them for recovery and then returning them anyways or selling them. You don't need a recliner unless, like I was mentioning before, in your recovery area. Do you have an area where you can keep clean? And you're going to have to be, if you have a tummy tuck, you're going to have to be at an angle for your tummy, at least for the first week. So a lot of patients don't like to sleep somewhere that's not in their bed. And there's other people who would rather not sleep in their bed. So it's really up to you. You can recover in a bed with pillows. I've, that's how I did it. I recovered in my bed. And I know a lot of patients who do the same thing. They just recover in their bed or they'll buy a recliner and they try the recliner. And then they're like, oh, my God, I can't sleep. I'm having the worst night's sleep. I can't. And then I tell them, okay, we'll switch over to your bed and see if you get better sleep. And then they switch over to their bed and they're getting, you know, full nights of sleep. So it really depends up to you. All of these things are more on the optional side. Foams are not optional, really, but I wouldn't go off and, you know, buy a whole bunch of foams. You really only need one or two packs of foams. 
you need your ab board. And that's your ab board is so that when you sit in your stage two, you don't crease. So that's the ab board is for once you get into your stage two. I hope y'all aren't wearing an ab board while you're still in a stage one. That's not a good idea yet. Again, on the optional side, so you do not need to book, you know, 10 massages before surgery. You can have surgery and not have any massages and be okay. Will your results be like the maximum result that you could have? Probably not. Will you wish you had gotten some massages? Probably. So this is just to say kind of like you don't need them. You'll appreciate having them. But if it comes down to your budget, maybe book only like three. Book the first three or book one at least and see how you feel after it before you book, you know, a package of 10. I want to say this because I saw this post on Instagram and it was like, if you don't have at least half of the amount of your surgery for post-op care, don't even spend money on the surgery. And my thoughts are like, damn. Y'all really are price gouging out here, aren't y'all? Because don't say that. That's not true. Yes, you do need money for recovery. You do need money for post-op care. You do, you know, need money for scar therapies and that type of stuff. But it's not a make it or break it. So for scar therapy, I have a whole scar therapy episode that I'm working on for you guys. I've been on a spree. Let me tell y'all what I've written just in the last week. Y'all, I know I get these messages on Instagram and they're like, so do you not like post consistently or, you know, when is the next episode coming out? (laughs) And I'm like, okay, you guys, I hear you. I know I'm working. I know y'all probably have wondered, what do I do during the day? And my days have been getting busier and busier. And, you know, I'm so grateful for everything that has happened for me. In the past year, we're coming up on our one year anniversary in May, you guys. Oh, my God. I can't believe it's almost here. I want to have a party. Anyways, change the subject. So scar therapy episode is coming. I've also have the an episode with a female plastic surgeon that I've been stalking in Mexico. I know. I know. I know. I tell y'all I don't want y'all to go to Mexico. And it's the truth. I don't want y'all. This is the truth. I don't want you to go somewhere where they're going to treat you badly or they're going to treat you subpar to how you should be treated during this cosmetic procedure experience. So I know that here in the U.S., getting that type of treatment might not be in everybody's budget when you stay here in the US. And I've talked on previous episodes that I've gotten recommendations from other dolls who have had surgery out of the country and how their experiences have been. And I've been doing my research. I want to be able to guide you and help you guys, even if it's out of the country. Like if you're going to do it, okay, let me help you. Okay. If you're, if you're, if this is the only way you can afford it, to have what you want to have done. Okay, then let me help you. Let me try to figure it out. So I've been stalking this plastic surgeon in Guadalajara. I really like her. I've liked how I hear her talk in the OR when they post in the OR. I I hear the things that she's saying. And I'm it's like I'm listening to a board certified plastic surgeon talk here. So I know 
the place where she's at is a very ritzy place in Guadalajara. So what I wanted to do is like, let's find that treatment in Mexico, like deep in Mexico, in the big cities, because of course, all this, there's, they have celebrities, they have, you know, the rich, ritzy areas in other countries. We got, we get a lot of our cosmetic techniques from other countries. I was researching the other day that the best facial surgery is actually in Korea. And I believe it. I believe it. Anyways, so that's to come. That episode is to come because remember when I told y'all I shot my shot and it went in. (laughs) It was actually I shot my shot to see if she would come on the show and Hopefully we can get to know each other and really get to know how their process is. And if their process is good and their pricing is good, let's figure it out so that we can get you guys the body of your dreams within the budget. We'll look in the U.S. first. Well, let's see if we can find it here. But if you are like dead set on going to Mexico, I'm finding us a way. I'm also checking out a surgeon in Colombia she came very highly recommended as well. I've shot my shop, but I haven't heard back. So I'm waiting to hear back from her. So episodes to come. Just so y'all know, I have a, a laser episode. I have a Botox and filler episode. I have a chin lipo episode with Dr. Grunberg that I'm recording tomorrow. And you guys, it's just so good. <laughs> Life has been going really great. And I love hearing you your reviews and your comments that I get on Instagram and your DMs about different things that you've found out or you're listening to the podcast and that it's been helpful to you. And I just want y'all to know that that makes me so happy. Okay, so let me get back to the subject at hand here. How do you prepare your home for recovery? So like I was saying, the most simple plan will probably give us the highest compliance. So First, I want you to, in your recovery area, if you're going to be recovering at home, wash your bedding, clean your room as if, or clean the area where you're going to be recovering, like completely disinfected. If you have any pets, make sure that you're not sleeping with your pets for two weeks from the day you come home for two weeks after or until your doctor releases you to have your pet on your bed or sleeping with you or anywhere where you have incisions. So you want to clean your room, clean your bedding, wash all your sheets. If you have, if you're having a lot of liposuction or even just a little bit of liposuction, I always recommend to line the mattress with like some black trash bags. Just cut them in half and line the mattress. Or you can put your chuck pads underneath those blue pads, put them underneath your sheets just in case any of that leaking can possibly get on your mattress. You don't want to do that. So meal prep, I like to recommend for my girls. Because a lot of them are having their husbands take care of them or they're having their mother-in-law or their mom and you want to make it easy for them and for you. So meal prep some foods that you can leave in the freezer for them to cook or warm up during your recovery. Things that are easy that they can, they won't have to, you know, spend a whole hour in the kitchen because it's already kind of ready and they can spend more time really helping you or if helping you with anything else that you need around the house, like washing your fajas or other type of things like that. Remember, no gas forming veggies like broccoli. I think it's it's broccoli, maybe spinach. I'm not sure. Let me Google that. I'll tell y'all before the end of the episode. 
We're going to clean and disinfect all bedding. Okay, in your bathroom shower, make sure you clean and disinfect your bathroom. Anywhere where you're going to be touching during your recovery area, like your countertops, make sure you clean and disinfect all that. Sweep your floors. I made a little do this, not that list for this episode. Do this. Drink water. Eat actual food. I know that a lot of you guys are getting ready with shakes. Shakes are okay. I understand those, the shakes for recovery, those are okay. But do not substitute your food with shakes. You're, I know that you're not going to want to eat if you have a tummy tuck or if you are having, sometimes with other surgeries, it really takes away your appetite. But I know specifically for tummy tucks, you don't want to eat. Your stomach feels tight. You just had, you know, muscle repair. So your stomach feels really like compressed on the inside. You feel like you can barely bring food down, but you have to. You have to fight through it. Eat a little bit at a time, small bites, drink your water. Make sure you're not only relying on shakes. I can tell you guys horror stories of patients where they don't tell us that they're only drinking shakes. Even though we ask, because of course we ask, are you eating? What are you eating? And they'll tell us, oh, I'm eating and they look fine. And then we'll find out like for one, I had one patient. Oh, she was not eating. She was only eating shakes and her wounds actually started opening up. So you need to eat your protein. You need to eat your food. Do not skip meals and replace it with shakes only for, you know, a long time. What else you're not going to do? You're not going to be critical of yourself during recovery. Step away from the mirror. You cannot look in the mirror in those in that first week and expect to see your final result because your final result is still months down the line. You still have a lot of swelling and bruising and recovering and healing to do. So what you're seeing is not the final result. Don't start nitpicking and, you know, pointing things out and hyper-focusing on things that you don't like of your procedure. And I know it's easier said than done. I've been there and I remember being hypercritical of my incision and being worried about how it was going to look because it looked scrunched up. Is it really going to get flat? I was worried, even though I had seen it hundreds and hundreds of times before. <laughs> It's different when it's with you, right? So I'm telling you, don't be overcritical of yourself. Just take a deep breath, relax. You're in recovery mode or you're going to be in recovery mode. You have to prepare yourself to know, okay, for the next you know, two weeks, I'm going to be out of commission and my recovery is going to be, you know, at least for the next three months. Let me make sure that I'm ready for that type of recovery. And what I mean by ready is, do you have the emotional support at home? Are you doing this for reasons that are not only because you want the surgery? Are you doing this for you? That's really important, I think, for us to remember when we're planning our surgery. Another thing that we're not going to do, we repeat after me. <laughs> I am not going to start planning a round two until I am fully healed from my round one. You guys, please 
do not start planning your round two before you even hit 12 weeks from round one or even a year. Wait a year before you really like get married to the idea that you're going to have surgery again, because I can tell you that your body changes and it's healing. And when things lay down better, when, you know, fat cells, you know, fluff up, your body still has to gain and lose weight with you. So I personally do not think that you should be booking a round two before year. Maybe 18 months because at least gain a little weight, lose a little weight. You know, let's see how it fluctuates. Let's see how your body does. Because like I've told y'all on previous episodes, you can go in for a round two because maybe you think the BBL size that you got is not big enough. But you don't know, for example, if you're 24, you don't have any kids and you're already planning to go in for a round two and you're going to have more fat put into your butt. I'm just saying... Because I've seen it before with patients. How is that? Just wait. (laughs) Just wait. Your body might change with pregnancy, with aging. You might like it more. And also remember, you know, that the fat that is in your butt is going to keep, you know, if you eat and you don't have fat anywhere else in your body, that fat's going to grow. I'm telling y'all from experience. Y'all don't believe me, but my booty got big, big for me. I know for other women, they were like, oh, it's perfect. It's the right size. It's, but for me personally, it got too big because I'm, I feel I'm a professional that I cannot, you know, my butt cannot be like, you know, the size of <laughs> the size of the moon. So that's on starting to plan your round two before you've even healed from round one. Another thing we're not going to do is drink alcohol. Y'all, let me tell y'all. After I had my surgery in 20, when was that? 2017, I think 2017. I felt so good. I started eating and going out and partying and enjoying my new body and, you know, loving it. And I started drinking a lot, not drinking a lot, but like I started drinking more socially. And I remember I got to the point where I was like, I'm drinking you know, quite a bit and I don't even feel it anymore. And it wasn't until my birthday of 2018 that I went out for brunch and I went out with my friends and we hung out all day and we had, we went to a bunch of places. We bar hopped. We, it was daytime, my birthday. And I remember getting home at 10 o'clock and being so upset because I had spent all this money and I didn't even get a buzz. That's the day I stopped drinking. And that's when I decided, you know what? I'm just not going to drink anymore. And I have thankfully been able to keep that promise to myself. And I'll have a drink here and then if there's maybe like a birthday party and I'll have, I'll order a drink with everybody else, but I'll sip on it, maybe drink it, maybe not. But for me, that is a huge change from how things were before when I was partying and drinking every weekend. Another thing that we're not going to do, forget what we looked like before surgery. I posted about this on Instagram this weekend. We're not going to forget. No. Take those pictures in the mirror. Really take the pictures. Hide them in your phone. And that's going to be your reality check when you are post-op round one and you're trying to plan a round two. Go to your hidden mirror, hidden folder 
and look at those pictures and really, you know, realize how far you've come. And a lot of the times we're chasing perfection. We want to look perfect, but nobody looks perfect. I am definitely not perfect. I do not look perfect underneath all of my clothes. I wish there was things I could do. There's skin tightening I want to do. There's could fill here. I could lift a little bit there. I could get some laser here, get rid of this, this stretch mark. None of us are perfect. Don't be overcritical of yourself and just enjoy your new body. Enjoy your new confidence and enjoy, you know, the new you. Next thing, physically and mentally preparing yourself for surgery. Physically, start working out at least three times a week. The more in shape you are, the easier your recovery is. I recommend getting between 15 to 10 pounds close to your goal weight. The next thing is be healthy. Have a healthy lifestyle. Be making healthy choices. I know for a lot of my older patients that I've encountered, they're sometimes they have diabetes or cholesterol or heart issues that are not controlled. And this is the first time that they're like, oh, okay, so I guess I have to go to the doctor and get this under control. Yes, please. If you have diabetes, cholesterol, any heart issues, any blood clotting issues, or even any mental health issues, have them in check prior to surgery. And let me tell you why the mental health is important, because you will have a strong roller coaster of emotions post-op and you need to mentally prepare. Like I was saying earlier, like mentally prepare yourself to know that you're going to be out of commission. You're going to be in recovery. You know, don't set appointments up that will make you feel rushed. Like don't. One of the biggest mistakes is trying to rush surgery. Oh, I have to have it done by my birthday. I have to have it done by this day or I only have this time to do it. And I think I've said it before on the show, finding the right time and the right surgeon is a lot of, you know, planning. Are you in the right time in your life? For example, if you're like in the middle of a bitter divorce and you just lost your job and you're doing, you know, all of these things, it's not the right time to have surgery. Because you're going to be stressed. You're going to be, you know, already on high alert for other things. And you're not going to be able to focus on your recovery. And it's really important for you guys to remember that you're recovering from a major surgery. And you want to be prepared mentally, emotionally, physically, and with support. So don't rush the process. Don't rush. Is probably like one of my biggest pieces of advice. Don't rush. Don't forget that it's really important for you to drink your water during your recovery. It is minimum one liter a day. But most of you guys should be drinking between one and a half, one to one and a half liters of water a day post-op. Make sure you're not drinking soda. You're not eating, you know, very processed foods. You want to be eating healthy, plant-based, clean proteins. If you are a smoker, nicotine smoker, cigarette, vape, you have to stop. You have to stop at least, at least one month prior to surgery. Get the requirement from your specific surgeon and see what they're asking for from you for how long you have to quit before surgery. But most of the time, it's about a month. If you're smoking THC, ask your doctor. (laughs) Ask your doctor what their recommendation is. 
some surgeons don't mind. Other surgeons do mind. It really is based on their preference. Okay. So now I'm going to talk a little bit about vitamins. If you're going to have surgery, I and you're like over, you don't get a physical every year. So you haven't been to the doctor in a few years or, you know, you haven't gone for a checkup in a while. Just go get a checkup. Go get a checkup. Tell your primary care, hey, I'm going to have an elective procedure, a cosmetic procedure. Can you just give me a checkup? If you do that after you pick your surgeon and your surgeon has any tests that he or she wants you to have done, for example, if you're having any breast work, if he wants you to have a mammogram, if you're over 40 or you're 35, then your primary care can give you an order. And or if he needs an EKG or any of those things, your primary care can help facilitate them. So pick your surgeon first and then book your checkup. When you book your checkup or you book with your surgeon, ask them what labs and what things you're going to need. And maybe they can give you the things that you are required to have. And you can take that to your primary care so that they know what to order for you. Do not start taking a whole bunch of supplements right before surgery, please. Sometimes it's a little and I'm my girl. She's one of my girls that I'm coaching and I love her. She's super sweet. And I know she does everything with such good intention. But she sent me a bunch of pictures of like supplements that she had read on different Facebook groups that she should get. And I only thumbs up like two of them. I was like, these two, like if you really want to start taking something, these are the two that I would start taking. Well, she had already ordered all of them. And she started taking some and started taking this and started taking that. And we're two weeks prior to surgery and she's about to go to her pre-op and she starts having heart palpitations. So the heart palpitations or like her, her heartbeat was beating too fast. And so she got scared. She called the surgeon. The surgeon wants her now to have a cardiac clearance. So now she has to go see a cardiologist and the cardiologist thinks it's because she started so many supplements prior to surgery and the anxiety and the nervousness that it was giving her that type of response. So all of this to say that, you know, of course, everything happens for a reason. And while she was at the cardiologist, they discovered other things that she wasn't aware of. So Like I always like to say, everything happens for a reason and she still hasn't had her surgery, but she's on the way. And now that she's discovered these other things that she's taking care of, but that's why it's always important to check with your surgeon before you start taking any supplements. Before you start or stop taking any medication, check with your surgeon. Okay, so the next thing is... Get your fish oils. Your surgeon's probably going to require you to stop them about two weeks prior to surgery. And they'll probably let you start taking them again about a week after surgery or two. Vitamin C helps you keep your immune system up. So I do those like emergency packets. Those are some good ones to have during your recovery. Probiotic, sugar-free probiotic yogurt is really good for you to eat during your recovery. It helps promote gut health. And a lot of our immune system is in our gut. So great stuff. Okay. So some superfoods for anemia. Your, oh my gosh, anemia is like a whole episode, but I'm just going to talk about it a little bit. Oh God. Then I have to talk about the blood transfusions. Okay. Anemia has to be under control for months before surgery. I know that a lot of us 
want to rush and get ready and, uh, you know, oh, I'll do this for this amount of time and then it'll be a good. And the truth is that whether you're going to need a blood transfusion after liposuction really boils down to how aggressive they were with the liposuction and what your hemoglobin was prior to surgery. If your hemoglobin was 14 and you had super aggressive liposuction, which is what I've been hearing is happening down in Miami and in other places where they end up having blood transfusions because they're so aggressive with the liposuction. One, I think that's just completely, completely, I don't even know what to say it is. I think it's wrong. Is it malpractice? No, I don't. I mean, legally, is it wrong? I don't know. I don't think so. But just to prepare, I've heard horror stories of patients, you know, telling me that they're going to go with the, and this is when I was working at the office and I was having to answer different patients. And, you know, a lot of patients want to negotiate their quotes and that type of stuff. And I had a patient call me and she told me, Hey, I'll pick you if you throw in the blood transfusion too. And I was like, huh? A blood transfusion? Why would we give you? I don't. Why would we be giving you a blood transfusion? That's a complication. Why? Like what? A cell saver? Are we talking about cell saver? And she was like, "No, this surgeon in Miami. You know, they throw in the blood transfusion if you need it after surgery." And that just blew my mind because I couldn't believe that they were preparing for that type of complication instead of just avoiding it by not being so aggressive with the liposuction or not doing as many procedures as they were doing at one time. So here are some superfoods for anemia. Spinach, beets, peanut butter, eggs, soybean, nuts and seeds and seafood. And here are some foods that promote healing. Lean protein, collagen. You can start taking collagen to ask your surgeon, but about, a, I like to say a week after surgery to start taking the collagen. Fiber during your recovery really helps with that constipation and you want you want to beat the constipation. Probiotics and vegetables, some healthy green, dark green, dark purple vegetables are good for you. Fruits, papaya, pineapple, those types of fruits that have bromelain in them. And lastly, this is the last thing I want to tell you guys on this episode. Check in with yourself prior to surgery. I want you to make sure that you're doing it for you. I want you to make sure that you're picking the procedures that you want because you like a certain look and not because you're trying to please anybody else. I want you to be realistic with your expectations and you can't expect. I say they're magicians, but they're humans. They we they got to work with what they got and don't compare your journey to somebody else. Their journey is different. Your journey is different. And although you might think that you're on the same, you know, recovery, everybody's recovery varies. And just listen to your body. If it hurts, don't do it. If it's bothering you, take it off. If it's, you know, burning, if it's anything, be listening. Listen to your body. Your body tells you everything. And during your recovery, I know I've mentioned that you go through these like roller coasters of emotions like regret. Oh my God, I can't believe I did this to myself. What if something bad happens? You have this like a roller coaster of emotions. You feel bad one day. Another day you feel great. Oh my God, I am so happy that I did it. Another day you feel sad because you're like, oh my God, this recovery is taking forever. 
I'm ready to get back to my normal life. I want to, you know, I want it to be three months from now. So there's a lot of feelings that go through cycles. And I do want to remind you to not make any important, big financial or life decisions during your recovery. That is just a piece of advice. Don't don't sign any important documents. Just don't file for divorce. <laughs> wait until you're past your recovery. Wait until you you know that roller coaster of emotions has kind of settled down, and then you know proceed with any um, things that you have to do that you know are serious or contracts or anything like that. And I think that's it, you guys. That's the whole episode. What do y'all think? I hope I covered everything. I If I did forget anything, just tell me by DM. Y'all don't, y'all like to keep me in check. Oh, here, I did forget something. If you're anemic and you need to raise your hemoglobin, I want you to consider taking folic acid, some vitamin C. And the vitamin is called Hemaplex. And what it does is it helps your red blood cell count go up. Your blood receives more oxygen. I was reading about it yesterday for a while. Okay, I think that's it, you guys. I can't remember anything else that I wanted to bring up, but I am losing the fear of doing episodes by myself. And I've, I'm so excited. Like I have so much to say. I've been writing and writing and working on these episodes for you guys. The reviews, y'all get me every time. Every time I read a review, I cry. (laughs) I love y'all. And I hope this episode was helpful. I'll see you next week. I would like to end this episode with a huge thank you to all of our listeners. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe to Big Butts No Lies Podcast and follow us on Instagram at Big Butts No Lies Podcast. If you have a topic you want me to cover, please send it to the DM. If you know anyone on their plastic surgery journey, be sure to recommend them the show. You can also visit us on our website, bigbuttsnolies.com. You'll see the online surgical recovery store. We're adding new items all the time. If there's something you think I need to have on there, send me a DM. Don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget, new episodes every Monday. I'll see you then.